you are listening to the Cigar Noise Boys. Bob Marley, poet and a prophet. Bob Marley taught me how to off it. Bob Marley walking like he talk it. Goodness me, can't you see I'm going to cough it? Sounds like Migos, but I don't know. that I don't think that's them, but it sounds like how they fucking rap. Yeah, I was about to say it's a rap song, so I'm out. No, wrong genre. <laughs> oh, really? the genre. Rock. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Um, no idea. Give it away, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my God. Oh, come on, Ben. I feel ashamed right now. I really do. I, hey, no, some of these songs I'll be looking up, and I know the main lyrics or whatever, but you get to like those third verses, and who knows? Um, especially when they're saying fast. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Cigar Noise Boys uh, back again. Uh, this time joined by Ben Lee. Welcome, Ben Lee of uh, Cigar Coop now. Congrats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, if you um, guys, have, real quick, if you haven't listened to it, uh, Ben was on last Thursday, uh, like a media roundtable with Coop and, uh, well, Aaron Loomis is the co-host, and then Bear came on, and then the guys from How About That Cigar. Uh, I, it was like four hours. I listened to the whole thing. So yeah, it was, it was, a, good it was a long show. Yeah. And when you say last Thursday, probably two Thursdays ago, I think we're going to post this uh, – july 4th weekend at least that's the plan and you want to tell them why yes yeah uh sorry ben we're <laughs> we're posting yours in a little over a week because our 69th episode we're actually doing with nate the foundation oh, cool. and hot mike oh. uh maximar small nice. so th that's I, good i guess they, yeah, want, they really like 69 i guess i don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. That's fine. Nate's a good buddy of mine, so that's good. Nice. Um, are you guys doing anything for Independence Day? Any plans? Uh, I don't have anything planned at the moment. Not yet, anyway. Tyler, um, what about you, Tyler? I work. Uh, I'll work in the morning, and then um, nothing. I usually try to smoke. Uh. A firecracker or two. Um, I think I got a few of the Mike Ritas. Um, I got some of the Roma Craft firecrackers. I got the Irish car bombs. And I think I might have a Perdomo lying around. But uh, hopefully I can get the foundation one that's shipping this week. The Wise Man Maduro. Uh, Wise Man Maduro firecracker. Yeah, I got a few of the firecrackers. I'll probably smoke those and some old M80s. Probably, um, yeah, probably some of those. See if I got a Viaje TNT laying around too, maybe. Yeah, there he's. Um, those are getting shipped. I think they got shipped today. We just got a uh, the cigar shop I work at. I have one more shift there, Lake Country Cigars. Um, I got the invoice in my email, and they're sending us one crate, um, or two crates, two different blends. One's a collector edition. So I got the invoice right here. So we got uh, a TNT six and a half by 56. 
And then we have, oh, C4. C4 Collector's Edition, um, five and a half by 58. So C4 and TNT. So I'll smoke those on July 4th. I think that I think they're fun cigars, man. Any any kind of uh, Fourth of July theme, I think is a is fun. But yeah, I've actually I've liked both of those blends in the past. So those those are seem like chunky cigars, though, man. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of large drink gauge, but uh, they've always been pretty good. Somebody gave me a uh, a Roman candle, um, which was yeah. like like a like a A size. It was too big. Oh uh, yeah, the, uh, they're Rich massive. Gave it to me. Yeah, uh, Mukal Rich gave me one. Yeah, that's the ones that's wrapped was wrapped in the uh, red paper, wasn't it? Back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I had several. I might still have some of those actually. And cool. then, uh, oh shit, I had a viaje thought, and I just fucking fuck, I forgot it. To do with fireworks. Uh, oh no, yeah, yeah. Uh, the either the TNT or the C four. One year it came out of PDR's factory, and it fucking sucked. Yeah, uh, all those any, any of those cigars when Viaje was making them out of PDR, they weren't very good. Uh, yeah. Did you re- did you guys read that half wheel review of the PDR? I think oh. I did. Uh, so Ben, they rated it a fifty. Wow! And uh, I think Charlie had mentioned it at Weasel Fest that there was a review coming up that there was something wrong with the cigar, and they were debating like posting it. So. I um they ended up taking they ended up taking out taking down the review and then cuz Abe Flores messaged them and said that they sent them the wrong samples or something which doesn't fucking make sense um but they 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 so they have a new they had a new headline talking about that review and then beneath it they had the review so you can still go and read it but I guess they were having problems like with it burning all three of them and then there was a difference in the foot band the foot sleeve yeah, was, but you couldn't tell. Like, it's when I read it, I read it as PDR fucked up. Now they're trying to figure out something to get this review taken down because the cigar is garbage, you know. Um, which kind of brings me to my like one of my topics I have. Are there any cigars brands you guys won't smoke due to um, something personal you have with the company or anything like that? Or a company that's burned you in the past, or maybe like you don't their cigars. Maybe you've had bad luck with them. Like I'll I'll go first just to give you like my example. So uh, one brand, and I'm kind of torn with it. One brand I refuse to ever buy a cigar from is a uh, uh, Mumbacho. Um, and I think I might have talked about this a few times, but um, I've just heard so many stories about them burning everyone they fucking deal with which I'm not going to get any, any uh, examples, but they've pretty much burned everybody. But this this fucking hired uh, Indiana Ortez. And yep. I'm a big fan of her. So now I'm like yeah. torn. I'm like, do I keep up my, uh, my uh, not supporting Mumbacho or, but it's like Indiana works there and she's awesome. Like maybe like I'm torn, yep. like it's a dilemma now. No, I'd have to try that. I would. I mean, she's awesome. She's a great blender. So I would definitely have to try something she came up with. So I would. I would have to smoke it, for sure. She's so cool, man. I, yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler. I think uh, if she's there for a year at least, probably means things are uh, changing for the better. Give them a shot. Yeah. I almost wore my Mumbacho hat today. Yeah, that's what made me kind of think of it. You've been wearing a lot of Mumbacho swag, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? You, 
they invite you to one media party and they got that a was, fan for life. That was the first thing I'd ever gone to Cigar Media wise. <laughs> it was special. I didn't have belong. Been, have you been to one of those, Ben? The Mumbacho parties? Yeah, at the uh, trade show. Yeah. Or the Diplomatico one. Yeah, were you there four years ago when it was at the uh, residence with the pool? I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember that. Okay. Never mind. That's one that I went to. And I didn't go to the trade show. I just went to Vegas for the Mombacho Media Party. It was great. Oh, everyone, wow. everyone left and I was still there. That was actually where I met Mo of uh, Patina for the first time. You um, know, I think I do remember that. I re that was that year there was so much going on that it was like three or four things happening every night. We had to pick and choose because it was only Brian Hewitt and I with the Stoker review. So we couldn't, we just couldn't make everything. It was impossible. Yeah. And we didn't want to split up. So we had to, we had to pick it and go together. So I think that's why we ended up going to that one. Um, so if, if so you guys, if you've been under a rock and you don't, and you're not familiar with Ben. Um, so you started your media career at Cigar Weekly in uh, 2004. Yeah. You want to talk about how that started or just go through kind of like your background? Yeah. So I started smoking cigars um, in 1998. And how that started was when I was at Mississippi State, um, I was at Army ROTC. And my sergeant was, um, my cadre sergeant, he was uh, Calvary. And we're going to the cadet military ball, and he was saying how it was tradition with cavalry that you know you could you bring your saddle bag over your shoulder, and you know usually one the one bag has scotch in it, and the other bag has a box of cigars. So that's kind of where it started. And but I didn't really smoke any good premium stuff. It was like bundle crap mostly until I basically uh, moved back home in the Mississippi Gulf Coast near New Orleans, and I went to New Orleans and. Uh, went to a cigar shop called Crescent City Cigars. It's on Orleans Street. And I went in there and it was packed. And at the time I didn't I didn't know the owner. Now we're really good friends. Um, but he I, he was with a bunch of people because it's right off of bourbon, right? So I just kind of walked in there and looked around. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just wanted something nice because my wife was at the time with my girlfriend. We were just walking around kind of chilling. And I saw a, a cigar that had the most beautiful band ever that I'd ever seen. I picked it up. It happened to be an Ashton VSG Robusto. Okay. That was the first premium cigar that I ever had. So, and at the time I had joined Cigar Weekly as just a, as just a regular member because it was one of the largest, the best forum out there at the time for cigars. And a lot of the guys there were actually from the New Orleans area. So we would get together every year because one of the guys, they had a, um, a camp on Lake Pontchartrain that was just, it was awesome. So every year we'd have a herf there. And it was just so much fun. And then I started doing uh, reviews in their review um, forum inside in Cigar Weekly. And from there I became basically one, a writer for the, the actual, the, the front page, the, the magazine part of it. Um, and on there I met two other guys that had started a, a blog called Knife Tight Ash at the time. And I believe that was 2006. That's what I, they asked me to do. If they would ask me if I would like to do a guest review. So I did a review. It was on the Illusione Cruzado. It was my first cigar mm -hmm. I actually put up there. And everybody seemed to like it. So um, 
anyway, so from then on, it was it got was popular. So they asked me, "Would you come join join us and be permanent?" I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun. I love love talking cigars. So why not?" And I was there for the longest time until both those guys had they they started families. You know, life yeah. got in the way, and they kind of just faded off. And I was the only one still posting on there, and I didn't have admin control over over that at all. So. And at the time, we had been going to uh, different, um, you know, media trips to the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. And that's where I met most of the guys that are out here now. And that's why I was hanging out with a lot of the Stoker Review people. And on one of the trips, they were like, well, hey, Ben, why don't you come join us? You know, you're, we're, we always hang out together. You know, we, we think alike. You know, we like kind of the same stuff. You know, we think you'd be great addition. So I, I joined them. And I think that was in 2009, if I remember right. And then from there, I basically was there until this year when I joined Cigar Coop. And kind of for the same reason, Cigar View is still um, like my baby. Mm-hmm. But it was we started off with five people. And in the last year, I was the only one posting just because mm-hmm. safe stuff, family got in the way. You know, Brian Hewitt is was my partner in crime, basically. He... He does uh, beer guys radio. He's real big in the, in the craft beers and the beer world just as much as he is in cigars. And they asked him to co-host on beer guys radio, which is syndicated through a lot of FM radio stations across the United States. And when one of the guys left, they asked him to be a permanent host. So it basically took up all his time and his work. He worked a lot of hours. So with that, with the radio show, basically the you know his write write-ups and stuff for center review kind of faded away and i was the only one doing anything there and again there i didn't have much admin rights there either so i really couldn't do much with the site so i kind of just i stopped for a while just take a little break and i had a lot of people you know start texting me or sending me dms like what, what are you doing well you need to get back into it you can start writing some more and then you know cupid reached out a few months back it was like man i don't want to you know, putting a pressure on you, but if, if you ever decide, I would love to have you come on the cigar coup. And so I, I thought about it for the longest time and I didn't know if I still wanted to do it anymore because I was just enjoying cigars just for pure enjoyment, not, not have to do any work with it. But I had just had so many people texting me and DMing me, especially the main one being Jose Blanco from Arturo Fuente. He kept calling me every time we would, he would call me before he would start up talking to any just normal stuff. He would say, Ben, you have, you know, you need to get back out there. You have a great palate. You need to get out there, start reviewing people miss you to get out there. So I was like, okay, fine, fine. It got to be almost, almost a daily thing. He was bugging me. So I was like, I just text Coop. I said, let's do this. So awesome. now I'm there. Yeah. Um. So what Stogie review was, was that uh? Was Jerry Cruz part of that? Yeah, yeah, he was for he was one of the original members. You know, um, it was him and Walt White, and then the uh, they had it was Heisenberg, Brian, Walter was, White. No, but Walt, but yeah, Walt White. That's true. Um, there were the three, like the three main founders, and then they brought in they, at the time. And when I first started, we had a um, uh, we had a forum that was on there. It was a real popular forum. And there was a guy on there that he was one of the admins. His name was Mike Forey. And later on, they had to get rid of the forum because it was taxing the server so much. And it was, it was just costing a lot of money. So they shut it down. Then, but they asked Mike, Hey, would you like to come on and do reviews? 
And at the time, he actually filled a nice little niche because we were doing a lot of, you know, stuff that was a little bit more higher in. Where Mike, um, he, he was kind of, he had some disabilities. So he, did, you know, he, he stayed at home a lot. He didn't, uh, he didn't have a whole lot of money at the time. So he was reviewing some of the cheaper stuff, right? Okay. And that was actually really, really popular stuff too. He was, you know, he did pretty good with it. And a lot of people started, we, started, we, we attracted like basically a new audience that was one that was curious about, you know, bundle sticks or those four or $5 cigars and stuff that we weren't really getting into, right? So, but then eventually, you know, one by one, they just started getting life situations and it all kind of went away. But yeah, that was the original founding of it. Cigar, Stoner Review was the first uh, cigar blog on the internet at the time. Are they the ones that uh, kind of dominated the Twitter landscape for a while? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure did. Yeah. The most famous, actually where it kind of climaxed that was we had a, a tweet up um it was a, it was a twitter uh herf that was at ipcpr new orleans in 2010 man we had so many people there we, we was at dos Happy's cigar bar on chapatula street new orleans it was such a blast we had a, a, an amazing taco truck out there called taco loco that was it's a phenomenal taco truck so i mean we had food there I mean, ever a lot of people from the industry showed up and stuff. It was a blast. And that's kind of and that was all from Twitter, basically all for Twitter. It's it's a, uh, it's crazy. Like when you when you talk about like, just you see people come and go, like, it's, I've had like three big like hobbies in my life, and I've talked about this before. It was in high school and middle school it was like sports. Like, I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to learn about sports, and then when I got into High school, it was movies, and then um, cigars. I've I've been smoking cigars for like maybe ten or twelve years, but I didn't really get into cigars until I started working at a shop in January of 2017. Um, but I'm always like, I wonder how long this is gonna. If I'm gonna get sick, if I'm gonna be done with it, you know, it's like, am I, is this something that's gonna stick with me for as long as you know? You've been smoking since '98, and you've been in the doing the media stuff since. Uh, uh, 06, you said, right? 06? 2004. 2004. So I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how long um, it's going to last for me or if it's still going to be consume a lot of my uh, downtime, is, you know. I don't know. I, think it's, I mean, it's, it's always possible. You know, you know, life and family come first, right? I mean, yeah. this is, to us, this is not a, anybody's livelihood, really, right? So it's always going to come second to the stuff that should be a higher priority. But we all have this passion for this industry and, and cigars itself for the art form of cigars. So it's kind of like when I, I, like I said, I took, it was basically, I was, I was done for about six months, I guess. And that that's, you know, and I, I enjoyed not having to do it for a while, but then yeah. it kind of like got the itch of like, I missed it again. So that's why I was love to be able to come back to the old cigar coop and do it again. So, you know, I mean, sometimes maybe you just need to take a break for a little while and then come back to it, you know, but um, go ahead. Let's say, ahead, Ben, y'all. if, uh, if Tyler had to pick a new hobby today that he moved on to, what do you think it would be? <laughs> he would probably, let's see, what would, that'd be, hmm. Fedoras. Fedoras? Yeah, Planting? Fedoras. Maybe I'd be a plant daddy. Plant? 
Well, like succulents yeah. around the house. Or I th- I've been thinking about okay. possibly joining uh, joining a cult or a, a church at least at the very least. Why well, join one? Well, make your own. Make my make my own. I don't think I have the personality for that. Um, but there's a guy I, I work with, um, and he moves on like every three or four months to a new hobby. He goes all in, and then he's done, and then he just keeps. Cause me and him kind of yeah. re- got in this pipe tobacco together. And then, yeah. uh, I, when I started smoking more cigars, I'm like, this is way fucking easier. And I enjoy it more than fucking around with a pipe for an hour, you know? So. That's funny. Cause I actually did, uh, for old cigar fed, I did a, a pipe show called pipe, pipe dummies. Cause I love pipes too, you know, but, um, and basically the whole show was about cigar smokers. I want to dabble the pipes because it's mm-hmm. kind of a comp- complicated way to smoke right so it was all about three cigar guys smoking pipe tobacco and just talking about what we think of the pipe tobacco right but i will say it is a lot more work but to me i actually enjoy it more than a cigar hmm. to me it's more relaxing but also i usually never smoke a pipe in the summer it's always yeah. in the fall in the winter i don't know why that is but that's just the way it always works out what kind of pipe tobacco do you like I like a lot of the GLP stuff. Pretty much all the mm. stuff he puts out, I love it. I love the original Frog Morton stuff. Uh, so good. Um, Do you have any more I, Frog Morton? Oh yeah, I have cases of it. Yeah, because that shit is selling for crazy. Well, it was selling for crazy like two years ago, like seventy bucks for a tin. I probably yeah. have. I, I sent a bunch to Nick uh, Nick Melillo. I sent a bunch of shit to him, but I have. Uh, a pretty big pipe seller. I have mostly it's bulk tobacco, like bulk McClellan, Cornell and Dio. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked uh lane one Q is, I mean, it's, it's a aromatic, but it's not like a super, yeah. like, it's not like the Cornell and Dio, the autumn one where it's like maple syrup, you know, it's yeah. Autumn evening. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah I got a lot, I I got a lot of McClellan, the, the anniversary. Um, I, I sold all my Christmas McClellan. Christmas I wish I kept it. Yeah. I wish I would have kept it. I try to buy one tin of every year and not open it, and I, but I've missed a few years. I'm, I really miss them. I wish they would. Them going out of business was heartbreaking. Have you met the owner, Mike McNeil, Mike and Mary McNeil? No. Mike, he. I'm trying to think of who Mike reminds me of, but he's a big personality, and uh, he kind of reminds. I don't know if you've met um, Gustavo Cura from Oliva um, Tobacco. Yeah. He reminds mm-hmm. me of him, um, and. Uh, they couldn't get the the right tobacco anymore. So they're like, Oh, we'll just, if we can't make the same product, we're just going to shut, shut our doors, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of it was the FDA. Yeah. That was, and they're basically, he wanted to retire anyway, or he wanted to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And modern, this is my understanding of the story was the basically the kids didn't want to take it over and he didn't want to sell the company to somebody he thought would mess the blends up. Exactly. So he just, he's just closed the door. If I remember right, anything like a zookeeper in Kansas city now or something. I'm not sure. What he's doing. Um, but yeah, he's yeah. Kansas city. Cause I, I used to run into him at the Chicago pipe show and the St. Louis pipe show. Yeah. I would go down with a, a bunch of guys from YouTube. That's how I know, uh, um, Evan, uh, wise man pipes who does the, uh, one only rebar show. Sometimes he's on there from Chicago yeah. pipe show. I mean, I don't really know him, but I've seen him around. Right. Um, and then, uh, so it was funny. I was listening to a, a video, um, an interview, uh, where Skip was talking about, um, 
when the Cro-Magnons first came out and how uh, they're talking about samples and stuff. And they said like all the, mm -hmm. all the media outlets, like <clears throat> you guys had went out and bought the Cro-Magnon before you even, can you tell me yep. like how you got to know Skip? Okay. <clears throat> so we first, I first got to know Skip. It was after he, he lost his uh, cigar shop in the hurricane in Galveston. Um, he started up a, a cigar blog called have a cigar. And um, we, you know, we talked on Twitter a lot, and we actually went to uh, uh, General Cigars on, the, on one of their, their very first media trip they ever did. I forgot what year that was. I think it was 2010 or 2009, something like that. It was a long time ago. And uh, we just kind of hit it off, and then we got back. We Basically, we started playing a lot of Call of Duty together late at night. We stayed up all night playing Call of Duty, and we always smoked. He smoked two these two different cigars. I always smoked this one. We smoked this one together. It was it was a La Florida Minicana Double Lajero Six Sixty Maduro? We smoked. I I bet boxes of those. Or or sometimes we would smoke the uh, Nessa Miranda. It was the Dano in two thousand and ten. Mm -hmm. Or um, another one was the um, Zeno Platinum. Was the barrel or no the Emperor the Crown, which was like it was a two thousand and nine had the had a maroon band on it. We smoked the living hell out of those. And then he would also smoke the Juan Nicaragua and Antonio Dark Rojo. And I never cared for that cigar. It was, to me, it was too earthy and bitter, but he loved it. So whenever he brought out the Cro-Magnon, I just knew, I knew that that cigar was going to, like, if you basically took that LFD and that, that Juan Nicaragua and they had a, a bastard child together, it would be the Cro-Magnon. And so whenever he came out with that, with the, with his 10 pack sampler, I had to get it. I, I had to, you know, and I, I remember back in the time he got, he got a little bit of crap from some of the, some of the bloggers of back then, like, you know, he should have sent out samples so he could try it out before he bought them. Cause it, and the sample pack, I think it was like 120 bucks or something like that for 10 sticks. But I've never felt that way. Like to me, if it's your friend trying to start a, a business yeah. venture, like a restaurant or anything, don't go ask them for free shit. Support them and purchase everything at full price. Yeah. That's how you support your friend. So I, I, I bought one immediately. Those original Chrome Magnums were so, so good. I mean, they're, they're really good now, but that original one, I'll never forget getting the pack. And I'm smoking with a friend of mine that was a cop back home. And we're, in, in my truck smoking behind the police department, if I remember right. And, and we're, this cigar is putting out so much smoke because we're smoking the craniums because you got You got a five pack of cranium and then a, another five pack of various sizes and one size never came out. I forgot what it was called, but was it the six um, by 60? It was a, it was a big, yeah, it was a big, a big sucker. I, I can't remember the name of that, but it only came in that pack. He's never put it out since then that I know of, but, um, we're smoking that thing and just it looks like my truck's on fire i mean it's just <laughs> billowing smoke out the side you know and it was so good but it had so much lahara when it was so oil in it, it I, I bet i had to relight it six or seven times and when you normally when you relight a cigar that much it gets disgusting and muddy and nasty mm -hmm. that one never did it was so rich it was the one of the richest flavorful cigars i've ever had though i just i never mind it that was one of the that right there was like wow he's got something here this is going to be big but sure would, enough it did i would i would love to try the um 
what that blend was based off of the the uh that uh Christian Arroyo was coming out with. I think it was a national Maduro or is something like a tweak of that blend or so, or something. I think he was saying um that he was selling at a shop uh so and that's what he was trying to recreate. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um mm -hmm. So you were saying that I was—I was, I was gonna, actually going to follow that up, and you were, had answered my question. Kind of when you smoked that, did you see? Uh, did you see like uh, Roma Craft being where it is now, like fucking uh, throwing a, a a big festival in Austin with fucking Scarface there? I, did you see I that? I didn't. I I figured I, I I honestly thought that they would become a big a big boutique. But I didn't, I, I'll be honest, I didn't see where they're at today. Today, they're one of the top cigar companies in the world right now, right? They're making some of the best stuff you can get. But I knew when I smoked that, and just knowing Skip before that, I knew that Roma Crab was going to be something special. You know, with him and Mike teaming up, I, I knew they had, a, they had a good idea of where they wanted to go and a good plan, great tobacco and good cigars, you know, Esteban blended for them. It was it was good, man. I knew I knew it was a good blueprint, but I, I thought that would become like a major boutique brand. But I didn't I didn't at first imagine they would be as big as they are now. But it doesn't surprise me. Either. And it's like 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 people at my full time job in Milwaukee are asking me like, kind of describing like what Roma Craft is, and it's I can't even really explain it to like. Like you can't even compare it to like other cigar brands, you know, because brands that only make like a million cigars usually don't have their own factory. Like, I mean, I only, I don't even know who I could compare them to. I, I mean, they're on their, I mean, they're, uh, they're on their own like playing field. I just can't, I, you know, I mean, there's, I love uh, Nick stuff, you know, Foundation, but he doesn't have his own factory. Tatuaje, mm -hmm. that's Pepin. Saka uses couple of different factories it's like you can't really you know crown heads uses like 10 factories you know you can't really um i can't really think of a, a what's the word like a down what's the word for uh different echelon oh what uh no like uh tier comparison i don't know i don't know but um, um why question i don't know if you guys can answer this why don't more uh these cigar makers invest and buy in their own factory cost so it's okay. not cheap but you know it it's it's a little bit easier to you know to deal with if you, if you basically you're sourcing another factory to do your work but you know skip and mike are always about basically quality over quantity right it's all about keeping it good and consistent a top-notch product top shelf product you know and the best way you can do that is you you have your own tobacco, not growing, but you, you you source all your tobacco, and you have it at your factory. You control as much as you possibly can. That way, if you smoke an Aquitaine today and you smoke one in ten years from now, it's going to taste just the same. I would say the closest company you could compare it to would be Black Label, but. Yeah. What Black Label doesn't have is they don't have a um, Esteban, right? You know, so mm -hmm. Esteban, um, his brother runs Noxa, and who has a controlling interest in Noxa? Uh, the Olivas. So bam, that's where you get your tobacco from. And uh, 
Skip was, I was going to give this a shout out. The Skip was on a, uh, the light them up podcast. And, uh, he was talking about how hard it is to get certain tobacco and, and the reason they're able to get it, it was Esteban, but also because they're only asking for a little bit of it. You know, it's, it's easier to, to ask for a small amount of something than versus let me get all that. And it was interesting too, that he was talking about the, uh, the Baca. The hardest part wasn't the Cameroon. It's getting the two uh, leaves for the filler from uh, Hamastron, um, Honduras. And uh, he's got to get it from uh, the Arroyas and then uh, uh, Placencia. Um, so it's, it, it's like, I don't know. It's just, uh, they're, yeah, I'm, and then seeing the, this, the new shit they're working on is, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And I'm not just saying that cause I'm biased or I am biased, but I don't know. I just respect the hell out of it. But, um, yeah, and then, if, if anybody goes to that factory, <clears throat> you can see where, you know, Skip has brought a lot of the corporate world to that because like that. The way that factory is set up, everything flows in such a orderly fashion. Like there's like no waste of of any kind of, of product or movement or nothing. It, it like you know, tobacco comes in, gets sourced out you know, and sorted and stuff, or rolls the, the age of the box, and then out for shipping. And it it just it's like what ISO nine thousand three or I think it's what uh, or I think that's what he's using or something it's, but it's those it's those principles right mm-hmm. and like that that factory is so streamlined it's amazing there's no waste anywhere and just like hq with how they get the orders in and then it's all <laughs> yeah it's all so organized if, a lot if tobacco is so valuable of an asset um finding it purchasing it and whatnot do they have like safe houses they can't keep it all in the factory you don't want to keep all your eggs in one basket. So do they have locations that are mm-hmm. undisclosed to other people? How's yeah, that so um, because mm-hmm. of Esteban's relationship with the Olivas, Gus lets them keep tobacco at their, uh, at Prosenixa, the, uh, pr- they call it pre-industry. Um, and they'll, they'll ferment it even further for um, Skip and, and uh, Esteban. Um in fact, I remember I was there because I spent literally one week just on the fermentation of tobacco, and I was going, I was, I was checking all the all the temperatures and when they were treated with the water, and then I I had found some uh, broadleaf that was for um, you know Cro-Magnon, and it you know, and it was funny because I, I sent the picture to the guys they're like don't fucking touch our broadleaf you know, but um, but that's like it's it's all like it's. I mean, money is a big thing, but it's, it's connections too, you know, it's, uh, um, but yeah, they, they'll store that there. And, they, and then at ProSonique, so they have security guards, you know, around the clock and, and uh, a barbed wire fence around it, you know? Yeah. A lot of companies will have, have big tobacco warehouses or like Drew Estate kind of does a hybrid model where they used to have a lot of these old tobacco bodegas all, all throughout Esteli and stuff. And they house different tobaccos there, and they're doing, you know, all the fermenting and stuff there. And they're guarded as well. But then the last time I was there, they were building that massive warehouse on the Drew Estate facility. <clears throat> and even then, I remember Saka telling us that as soon as this is done, he's gonna, it's going to be full. He's going to fill that up. It's be still using those bodegas still because they have so much tobacco. 
So every every company is a little bit different, but yeah, they they definitely protect that stuff. And then um, it was, I thought it was interesting too that he was uh, Skip was talking on that interview uh, with Reinhold about um, Brazil uh, our Paraca, and uh, John or Skip a little backstory. Skip was talking to um, Jonathan Drew about uh, what tobacco he should use for a blend because and Dom, you were there for that story. They were, they didn't have any broadleaf and then they were working on the Aquitaine. They want, and then they were working on the intemperance EC and they wanted a fourth one to fill out the, the intemperance before the whiskey rebellion came out. And then John's and Drew's like, I don't know what you should work with, but I know what you shouldn't work with. And that's uh Brazil, um, our Paraca. And then, uh, cause uh, JD had just sent it back over to, uh, he got rid of the tobacco back to the, I forgot who had it. The, Terranials or I don't I forgot but um so Skip went to Esteban and said what do you know about our Paraca and he's like I know a lot you know they we did uh, uh I think it was a Terranio had the our Paraca or uh, maybe it was a CAO because uh, Esteban used to run a SCG's factory and uh um but Skip was saying it takes five years to ferment um our Paraca so you have to <laughs> I mean, you have to invest a lot of time and a lot of fucking money. And it's it's surprising, too, that that cigar is not more than, you know, $8. You know, mm-hmm. it ranges from 5 to five to 9 depending on the size, you know. Um, and then I got a, a question for Ben um, uh, that Alex from uh, uh, Lake Country, he's been on the pod a few times. He wants to know, like, when he asked me if I knew when uh, Nicaragua kind of blew up uh, where they're now the like number one producer of cigars. Do you know when that happened, Ben? Mm, I not really. I think it was so. Holy Nicaragua was the one that led that charge. Mm-hmm. That's who did it, and it was after basically the uh, Santanistas had kind of taken over the country and everything started calming down, right? And then Hoyo started came back to life after that. I mean, if you actually go to the Hoyo Nicaragua factory. You could actually go on the outside of the wall and see bullet holes. Oh wow! To where during the during the war, Santanistas war, that was, they you know they, that place got lit up, right? And then uh, you had other companies start moving in because you had a lot of um, ex Cubans that they were first they went like the Dominican Republic and Honduras. then they yeah and then they came over to Honduras and then Nicaragua and brought their craft there with them. So Nicaragua is probably, you know, in the 80s, mid-80s or so is when it really started to, to become a, a factor, you know. And it just has boomed ever since because now you had basically Nicaragua's growing tobacco that was much fuller and stronger than anything that could be made in Nicaragua, right? I mean, in the Dominican Republic. And that started appealing to people. Like, you basically had the, you know, Jorge Nicaragua, Antonio come out. People are like, whoa, this thing will put you on your ass. It is so strong. Well, nowadays it's kind of like, you know, it's a it's a full cigar, but it's not it's not a you know, kill you cigar like it used to be considered, yeah. you know. But that's kind of where it all started, was after after the Santanistas kind of it kind of calmed down and you know, the Civil War stopped and and then they, basically those cigar factories could start producing cigars again. And that was think- all led by Hunter Nicaragua. And I think it also helped too when Padron came out with the anniversary. That was mm-hmm. in the '90s, right? Yes. Because I think they were just known for their thousand series, and then 
cigar aficionado kind of blew him up, right? Is that how it went? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the Padrones had always been a, like, the Thousand Series was always a staple cigar for most cigar smokers, uh, especially in the 90s, right? But when they came out with the anniversary, the anniversary series, it was, it was a game changer. I mean, because now, I mean, because back in the day, you know, Nicaragua cigars were a little bit rough around the edges, right? But now you come out with the Padrones come out with the anniversary series, and it's like this beautiful, elegant cigar with amazing tobacco that was just, it was still, it was very flavorful and full, but it was, it was so smooth and so well blended that it kind of showcased a lot of what Nicaragua cigars can be. Hmm. Tyler, when's the last time you smoked an Antonio? Uh, it's been a long time. I have um, a four-pack that I got at the trade show two years ago in that little wooden case. So I should fire one up. It's been forever. I think the last one I smoked was when I did an Instagram review. But I remember it being one of the first cigars that I thought was full in strength, but more mild, medium, and body which is always hard for me to describe, but to me it felt like that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, body and strength, is, it's, it's hard to explain, and it's, um, it's confusing to me because, um, in my opinion, I, I always thought you get body from a Maduro, from it being fermented, and then you get the strength from, like, the Lajero, which is wrong. Like, because... Um, and Skip always compares it to like beer, but it's like, I don't drink beer. So that, that analogy doesn't work for me, you know, but, um, I don't know why I got to think, I don't know why I think that, but I gotta, I gotta flip it. Cause it's not right. Yeah. A lot of people, and I, my cousin actually just, he flew up to Dallas for, for work and we went out to a couple of cigar shops and stuff. And he was like. He's like, oh, you know, we're walking around trying to pick stuff out. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't want a Maduro. I don't want anything that – I don't want anything real heavy and strong. I'm like, what the hell does that got to do with the Maduro? Yeah. He said, well, Maduros are really strong. I'm like, depends on the Maduro, man. It's not really – has nothing to do with the wrapper being a Maduro. You know, I mean, it could be what's what's the filler like, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't know what's inside, really. You know, he, a Maduro could be mild, it could, but it could also be extra full body too. You just don't know full body, full strength. But you can't go by the color. And I, the biggest person that always talks about that is Jose Blanco. You go to one of his seminars, he repeats that over and over and over again because it's a common misconception throughout the cigar world. Oh, if that cigar is dark. It's going to be super strong. No, not always. You know. And, th- and that's why I like smoking the. Um... The bone marrow, which was from the Potluck Tatuaje series, because it was a bone crusher with the Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. And I've only smoked one of the Cro-Magnon with the Connecticut wrapper. But I don't know if they're good or if it's just like a mind fuck where it's a super light wrapper, but the, the binder and filler or the filler or whatever is super, super strong. So, like, I don't know if it's good or it's just it just it's fucked with your head because you're think you're smoking something super light looks light but it's it's got some um strength to it in terms of right. in terms of the color is there a universal color scale where you can tell somebody no this is not maduro it's oscuro or uh no you can't call this colorado yeah yeah the, is there a police like going around saying this is 
improperly labeled? I don't think there's a police force that kind of implementing that. It just kind of goes off the, the blenders of, you know, the company themselves. But it's all kind of okay. standardized now. So people have done it so much to where, you know, usually there's not too much a different, you know, differentiation between, you know, Colorado here to Colorado there. You know, it's kind of pretty close. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so kind of going back a little bit on uh, a Weasel Fest, what were your, your thoughts on Weasel Fest? Man, that was freaking a blast, dude. <laughs> I, I was so glad that I went to Weasel Fest, man, because – you know, at first I wasn't going to be able to go because I had another event planned that I had, I had to be at in Florida. Um, but when that got canceled, I was able to get a hold of a VIP ticket and go there. And, man, that was so – I mean, just like everything else Roman Craft does, it was very well run, and it was awesome. The food was amazing. You know, all the different vendors they had there with the different beers and, they had, you know, Garrison Brothers with the with the bourbons and you know that um what was the uh what was that uh other drink they had it was so so SoCal I think was what it's called total yeah that total that's that stuff was amazing I had never even heard of them before with we the Weasel Fest me either you know and I don't I don't listen to rap music right at all but man the bands that was there was uh, Scarface just was uh, unbelievably awesome but you know, he was up on stage with a good friend of mine, you know, Jack Freeman, who's an amazing jazz singer. He's awesome. So having those two combined was awesome, dude. The, the, the musical talent there was amazing. You know, Third Root, the, the first band, right? It, you know, they had real progressive lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. But it was freaking awesome, dude. Like, it was so good. They're, I thought the lyrics were fantastic, you know, and I thought they played an amazing show. And then I can't remember the 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 the, uh, the middle band that had like a it was like eighteen people on stage <laughs> playing instruments like psychedelic I mean, something or other. Yeah, I can't remember oh, the I name off the top of my head now, but yeah, they were amazing. I couldn't understand a word they were they were saying because it was all in Spanish, but it was still cool. Like the 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 music was amazing, you know. It was awesome. It was a great great time, you know. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a smash hit. And, you know, if you're in, if you like Roma Craft Cigars, you know, and you're in the cigar world, you've got to go to the next Wheel Fest. I mean, you've got to, you've got to make it. I'm surprised more local people didn't go. Yo, yeah, exactly. Tyler, on that note, it was weird because I was stranded there for, what, two extra days, two or three. Uh, so I just hung out at Havana House and then uh, one day at Smoker's Abbey. But the clientele in there just, I don't know if they had no clue. Some of them knew about it, but it just, it's weird because to me, this, I mean, that's in your fucking backyard. Like, yeah, it's a big, I think of it as a big deal. For them, it's probably not, but well, I think, well, I'll say one of the, one of the issues, uh, was Skip told us, uh, it was basically two main issues. One, uh, that if this has nothing to do with local, but just attendance was some people didn't want to travel still because of COVID. That was yeah. one issue. But one of the other, the other big issue was, and I didn't even think of this was a lot of people had graduations that weekend. Yeah. So yeah. even if you're local and your kids graduate from high school, you can't be at Roma craft <laughs> at the weasel fest event, you know? So, you know, I, I did see a few locals that, you know, came for a few hours to have to leave. 
So, but I know a lot of people didn't come because they had family obligations that weekend, like like graduation. But still, still a good turnout. I thought it was still a really good turnout, you know. Yeah, it just blows my mind that like, so um, the shop I work at, they throw a, a big event every year called the Little Smoke, and they get about three hundred people there, and uh, you get um, it's a lot like these festivals where you or multi-vendor events so you get like 20 different vendors and then there's like these big tables and then you get the rep or sometimes you get like jonathan jew usually comes every year um this you know a lot of figureheads come but you get like a big bag when you enter you know like 20 cigars you know and it's yeah. like it's just like oh, some people are like oh i'm not paying 150 bucks and uh you know for 20 cigars that i'm probably i only like half of them or whatever it's like First of all, it's it's the experience, you know, and I don't know if that's like a, a younger thing where it's like, to me, as you know, the VIP is expensive and, and then, you know, but it's like, it's an experience, you know, it's like, you're going to be right. talking about this forever and then it's all the people you fucking meet there and then it's like, it just, it's, I get it, you could have bought two boxes of cigars for it, but it's a, it's a, a weekend where you get to hang out with people, you know, and, and have yes. fun and I just don't make connections. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I know, like, like I've been, uh, um, not sleeping as much. You know, I'm stressed out with with the move, and it's it's quick. And then I'm gonna be at the fucking PCA, and then I come back, and then I, the next morning I got to get up early and, and drive down to Austin. But it's like I just think about like, um, you know, Ben's in Dallas. It's only a three hour drive. I can come up on a, a one of the night or. A, early and then we can hang out at a cigar shop all day and fucking drive home and then you got all the guys I, I know all the guys from michael's pretty well and then um el dandy cubano lives in uh um dallas too and then uh houston you got tyler and jerry and then i met a bunch of the guys who hang out at those shops you know um but yeah it's a uh, i just i don't get it but yeah though that was the one thing too the like you know i met a lot of a lot of really cool people at Weasel Fist, you know, people that we kind of, you know, talk to every now and then on in the Facebook group, the, you know, mm -hmm. Weasel Team Six. But I was able to see them, you know, in person now. Yeah. And everybody was super cool. So I've, I've actually, I made a lot of new friends there, right? But also, when I, I lived in Houston for a year, 2015. So a lot of my uh, cigar buddies there we're at the, at the show at, at Weasel Fest too. So I was able to reconnect and see them all again. And that was one of the, probably the highlight of, of Weasel Fest for me was seeing all my friends from Houston is now at, you know, Weasel Fest, we was able to catch back up again. So yeah, it's not just the cigars. It's way more than that. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you, if you have a chance to go next year, fucking try your hardest to go. I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, cause it's a lot of work. And it's expensive for uh, for mm -hmm. Skip and Mike and the team, you know. So it's, um, yeah, it's a great time. Tyler, you're not gonna be stressed out in Vegas the whole time, right? You're gonna have some fun. Um, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh. Um. Speaking of that, though, this you have you ever been to media parties, Tyler? Uh, no, not a media party, no. Do you feel like you're missing out because you're going to be uh, working with me at the Bettina booth and you're not going to be going as a Cigar Noise Boys representative going to media parties? Well, no one's heard of Cigar Noise Boys, so 
Um, but uh, I will have two badges. I'll have a, a retailer badge from a shop in Texas, and then I'll have a, uh, a patina badge. Nice. So maybe I should try to get a media badge so I have all three badges. For Might my, as well. Uh, my badge collection. Cigar noise bois. <laughs> bois. Oh, boy. Uh, ben, <laughs> would you just light up? Oh, it's the, uh, let's see, Mildias. This has become one of my favorite smokes. I love, I cannot get enough of this. Have you tried so the new I, size? I had the, go ahead. Have you tried the new size? Uh, yeah, which, the big, which one? The big double Corona, Corona Doble. Uh, uh-oh. It's, I don't got, the sec, it's got the secondary the band. Box uh, 10. Wait. Is that the one? I think that's. Is it the one that we bought at? Um, yeah, we we bought it at Michael's when you were up here, didn't we? Yeah. Did you smoke it? No, you told me to wait. Yeah, it's. Uh, I got a. That was. A, I smoked it twice, and both times I was uh, disappointed. So I'm gonna smoke what? it again. Yeah, because I like the other sizes. I have a box of the um, the first Ellie they did that little Corona, but I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke that Saturday. I'll smoke the big one. I mean, it's just it's all. To give something three chances that's that fucking big, it's hard, you know, to justify it. Because that's like, I smoke fast, but that's still an hour and fucking 45-minute smoke for me. I had the uh, Edmundo last night, actually. Yep. That's my favorite Um, size. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, The guy at Smokers Abbey Austin told me that his favorite size was that limited uh, double-band one. Maybe. Still haven't pulled the trigger on a box, but... So what didn't you like about it when you were when you smoked it there? It was harsh. You never, it was harsh. You didn't, I mean, you didn't tell me what what the reason was. But wait, so. yeah, it was it was harsh, and I mean at Michael's it was right off the truck, and then I think I smoked it again at uh, Smokers Abbey or Habana House. I think I bought another, or maybe I bought it at Lake Country. Maybe Lake Lake Country. Yeah, and it was still. Um, parts of it were good, but parts of it still tasted like. It was like not quite ready. I don't want to say wet, but it just didn't seem quite ready. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I look forward yeah, to it again. I had that one other time with a Crown Head cigar, and it was uh, La Creme. The, La, yeah, La Creme. And when I, because I smoked that at the show, and I thought it was pretty good, but I thought it needs a little bit of time, but it's a show sample, so or whatever. Um, and then I got back to, it was, it was, it was, it was in Houston. That's when I, when it came out, I was there. I remember I went to, um, it was serious cigar at the time and that was Cosmo de Monte Cristo in Clear Lake. And, uh, I smoked it. And I thought, man, this thing's off. I don't, I don't like this at all. Right. And I remember I was talking to Coop at the time and he said it was saying the same thing. Well, probably I say a few months later, Andrew was one of the guys that worked there. He was one of the uh, managers. He was like, man, you should you should try the La Carême because he was smoking it when I walked in. I'm like, really? You like that? He's like, yeah, it's so good. I'm like, all right. So I went back in. I grabbed one with a bunch of other stuff, and I said, I right, I like this up first. Man, it was like night and day. It was so freaking good. It was so chocolatey. It was yeah. unbelievable. And it, so just a little bit like it was like six months time, six eight month time, was did magic for that. Like that cigar became one of my favorite crowd heads for a while and then it disappeared for a while like two years yeah i don't know what happened there um 
yeah, I know they had uh, problems getting the Broadleaf, but um, what was funny was uh, I think it was Miguel's idea for the Bellicoso Fino, the La Creme, which is, was the most popular uh, Ellie they ever did. And then he was also responsible for the least popular Ellie they ever did, the uh, uh, Luminosa 6x60, Connecticut, oh. both out of uh, EP Carrillo. Well, we're There it is. Yeah, the Bellicoso Fino. Wait, oh, is that yeah. uh, what year is that? Twenty twenty. Uh, twenty twenty one. Oh, one. okay. Yeah, I picked this up yesterday or this past weekend. Um, at El Dorado Cigars of McKinney, Texas, they had they had several of them. Well, they actually they had like three left, and I bought three. So nice. there's none left. So, um, speaking of EP Carrillo, I want to try that short run they're coming out with. Uh, the, a new short run, um, which I don't think they've come out with in a long time. I've always enjoyed the short runs. I wish I would have gotten that uh, that humidor he did with the three different blends. Do you remember that? The Ernie's hmm. uh, chest or Ernie's humidor? I don't remember. I remember that. I know Coop was always, uh, always talking about it on uh, – um, us, uh, uh, what the fuck was that podcast he used to be on? Oh, uh, smoking, uh, uh, smoking geeks, stogie geeks, stogie geeks, yeah, yeah, stogie geeks, yeah, yeah. And then I saw that CI had one like a year ago because this is like five years old and they had it on like clearance and I didn't pull the trigger and I regret doing not doing it. Um, but that's one thing would be cool that if uh, Coop could do that with uh, um, bring back like a cigar of the week segment because I think that's that's what I thought was interesting. I mean, I was I used to listen to a lot of the older ones, even though you can't even find those cigars anymore. Um, yeah, because now Stogie Geeks is uh literally unwatchable. Um, <laughs> if if Paul gets back on, I'll listen to Paul, but the Joe Hollywood and then the uh, other characters, it just when uh when they don't know anything about like the the like the, the factory or the the name of the cigar, I I get too frustrated and I can't I can't listen. Yeah, I understand. It'd be like Dom doing a Stogie of the Week segment. It's like I can't I can't listen to it. <laughs> I would do research. Hey, uh, Trey Joe's coming up. Real quick question: What cigars do you bring to the trade show? Because I messed up last two shows ago. Well, one show ago, two years ago. Uh, and I brought really nice stuff, and it all just blew up on me. So, what are some uh, some cigars that you're grabbing to bring with you? Um, usually, what I'll bring is I'll I'll uh, I'll just bring stuff that I really enjoy smoking because a lot of the stuff you'll get at the trade show, um, you can't really smoke it because it's sitting in that super dry air and it dries out so quick. So, I usually I I rarely will smoke anything that I get at the show unless I'm just so damn eager that I want to try it so bad and then I'll give it a shot. But usually I'll, I'll bring my own stuff or I'll pick stuff up there at like the, um, uh, the doubt off bar that's out on yeah. the strip. It's I'll go, I'll pick stuff up there and smoke it. But usually I'll bring, you know, I'll bring a big, um, a chest kind of like, kind of like what, you know, uh, Tyler carries around 
and I'll just pack it with stuff that I know I want to enjoy while I'm out there, you know. But I tr- it's it is a little it's a little rough. I got to make sure I have plenty of Bovita packs. <laughs> yeah. Just because for you know I'm coming, like you know, I, and I've said this in a couple of shows. Like when I lived, you know, in, in Houston, and then you know in, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, then in Florida, it's so humid that I keep my cigars around 63, 64 percent, you know, relative humidity. Because when I go outside, it's going to absorb two to three percent out from the just because it's so humid outside. But here in Dallas, it's not a humid, so I'm kind of having to readjust that, you know. And I got to kind of think of the same thing when I go to Vegas. It's so dry that I need to make sure that my, you know, RH on my cigars is a little bit above what I like because I know when I start to take it out and smoke it, it's going to start drying out pretty, pretty good. But usually I just bring stuff that I really want to enjoy, you know. Um, for me, yeah, I'm just going to bring stuff that uh, I usually smoke. So I'll probably bring a shitload of Cro-Magnon mandibles and then um, probably a bunch of uh, intemperance. And then um, maybe some loose stuff I have, but um, I mean, that's the thing. Like if you don't, you got to bring something and uh, Dom's notorious for not bringing anything um, because not like fair. that, that like the, the first night, you know, it, you're there, you don't want to be stuck spending 20 hours on a Illusione Rothschild from uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, you know, because you don't have any cigars or you don't want to be the guy begging for cigars. So you got to, you got to bring something, my advice. So Alex, if you're listening, bring Bring some stuff, but don't bring anything. Don't bring your Davidoff collection. And then, uh, Ben, do you have a, a, um, a special occasion for that Oro Blanco that uh, Skip gave you? Mm, yeah, my birthday this year. When's your birthday? That's a long wait. July 29th. Perfect. Nice. I played up smoking it then because, hey, man, you're, you know, you're not gifted tomorrow. So I don't want to wait too long. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke it on my birthday uh, end of the month in the next month. Usually on my birthday I'll line up some really special stuff that I've been saving or whatever you know, some rare Opus, rare Davidoffs, Padron stuff like that, some of my high end stuff. So uh, how are you liking Dallas? You've been there for like a year now, right? Or it'll be it'll be it'll be year next month. Yeah, I love it here. I love Dallas. I love Texas. Just Texas in general. I love Texas. But I really love Dallas, you know. Uh the people here are really cool, you know, real nice. I, I have so many cigar shops, it's unbelievable. Like it, it's so many. Especially on the north side of Dallas where I'm at, there's there's tons. I mean, I think I one time I counted up within like I think it was like a 20 minute drive or something like that. It was like 40 shops I can go to like, like legit. Yeah. Like legit cigar shops, not like smoke shop or whatever, you know, shit like that or vaping cigar, not like legit cigar shops. There's so many here. It's unbelievable, you know, and they all have their like little niche and personalities or two, you know, there's a few that I kind of just, I kind of stick with and go to a lot now, but, um, yeah, I love it. The food here is really good. No matter what kind of food you're looking for, it's it, it's here. It's in Dallas, you know. So there's a I, I love Asian food like Korean barbecue or ramen, you know, sushi, you know, actually Korean fried chicken, probably the best fried chicken you'll ever eat. You know, there's a place uh, next to me called Carrollton, Texas, that has a um, uh, 
it's a big Asian area and they got all that there. They got like what this one little like intersection of the main highway. It's like four different Korean barbecue places. Um, there's a Korean pancake place, Korean hot dog place, like five different Korean chicken places. There's a, 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 un, uncountable amount of sushi places. Uh, really cool Korean ice cream shop. That's really cool. Yeah, they, they take like a, a puff pastry fish, right? It's shaped like a fish, but it's like a waffle. And they put their an ice cream, and there's Korean ice cream. It's kind of like gelato. Yeah. They put it in, in, they put it inside the fish. So, like, your cone basically is this waffle, this soft, warm waffle. Dude, it is un-freaking-believable good. I've, it's I so have, good. I've seen that. There's a place near me that does that, but I've never tried it. It's been, unbelievable. It's the best ice cream you'll ever have. Have you heard of uh, uh, Nobu, N-O-B-U? It's like a high-end. I mean, they sell steak, but it's mostly sushi. But like, uh, uh, let's see here, Dallas. Like a lot of the famous people eat there in, uh, in, I think they have one in L.A. But yeah, they have one in uh, Nobu, Dallas, N-O-B-U. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive as fuck. Uh, it's located in Hotel Crescent Court. So, I don't know where that's at, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like the uh, um, hundred bucks, you can get a Nobu Dallas hot bento, which is spicy edamame, California. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Spicy what? Oh, how do you say that? E D A M A M E. How do you say it? Try, try it again. Edamame. 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 Same thing. Uh, California. Uh, cauliflower. Jalapeno. King crab. Whole bunch of shit. So, I'm not a seafood dude, but I always hear people talking about that restaurant. I grew up on the Gulf Coast, man. So I'm all about seafood. Oh, yeah, now let's. Speaking of food. Um. Let's talk about queso again, real quick. Uh, before <laughs> right. we started, you had mentioned you had do you did a little research on queso. Yeah, but can we explain the backstory to this? Yeah, first? go ahead. Yeah, otherwise it makes no damn sense. No, you tell it. I don't. Go ahead. I, okay, we go to this restaurant. Tyler said, "Oh, Tex-Mex," and then the lady out front's like, "This isn't Tex-Mex, you know." And he's like, "What? I thought it was." Uh, and she cultured him told him it was uh i don't remember what she said but it wasn't but it was tex-mex she was just being a karen <laughs> she kind of was <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. She was, um, he's dropping it was 100 percent tex-mex thank you ben so uh we get our chips and she asked about salsa and queso and then certain types of queso you could have queso with meat anyway i've never been to a restaurant that's handed out queso ever and so I thought it was the strangest thing. We've we've mentioned this on an episode before. Um, ben, I don't know if I I don't think I've told you yet. I've gotten Instagram ads with queso in it. So my phone's listening to me and it's been trying to get me to move to Dallas, I guess. Of course. You you would you would wouldn't believe the stuff that I could do with an iPhone. Scary well that's stuff. a whole other sub that's a whole other subject. So but okay, so basically, funny enough. I'm in a lot of different uh, Dallas foodie groups on Facebook and probably a, a few, a couple weeks, maybe after we got back, somebody had posted in the one that was called, it's called Fort Worth foodies. It's a, it's a really good one. Um, and 
somebody posted in there like, hey, my mom's ready from San Diego. She doesn't really care for Tex-Mex. So does anybody know no place right here that serves Cali-Mex? And I was like, what the hell is Cali-Mex? What is that, you know? Because I didn't know. I've never been to California before much, right? So I've never been over there at all. So, you know, you know, somebody else, before I could post that, I noticed some other people had posted, like, what does that mean? What are you talking about, Cali-Mex? And a couple of people came on there because there's a lot of people from California have moved through the Texas, right? They either go to, they go to Austin or they come to Dallas, one of the two. So basically, they were explaining the difference between Tex-Mex and Cali-Mex is Tex-Mex is, uses a lot of uh, chilies and sauces, a lot of queso and stuff. Well, queso just means cheese in Spanish, but like melted cheeses and stuff like that, and cheese blends and stuff. And it's, it's heavily spiced, right? A lot of ground beef that's heavily spiced and that's used for filling for tacos or whatnot. And one of the ladies explained that like in California, they don't do refried beans. It's mostly black beans or whole beans or something like that. It's really fresh. It's all fresh stuff. And like if you order a taco, it's usually shredded beef and not ground beef. There's not a lot of sauces. They don't use a whole lot of queso, but when they do use queso, it's the crumble cheese, you know, and not the soft melted kind. And they don't do queso bowls, bowls of queso, which I thought was really cool. Like to me, I don't, you know, it's not, One's better than the other. It's just different, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like trying different things. So now I'm on the lookout for California Mexican here. I got to try it now. A lot of fish, a lot of seafood in it and stuff. It's basically like people are like, oh, that's not, you know, a lot of the Texans, native Texans, oh, that's not real Mexican. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It actually is a real Mexican. It's different air. Like, we, like in the United States, there's no American cuisine, really. We got all kinds of different stuff. Like you go to New Orleans. It's all Creole food. North Louisiana is a lot of Cajun food, whatnot. That's that's indigenous to Louisiana, right? And Mississippi and some of Alabama, right? But that is you can't say that that's not American food or whatnot. Was well, the same with Mexico. It's it, there's no real tr- one one right Mexican food, right? You got Northern Mexico, the Yucatan, Baja California. They're all it's all different types of Mexican food. Well, the Baja California style is what pretty much is in California right northern like northern mexican uh, or uh the mountain areas of, of mexico a lot of that is is kind of what is the basis of tex-mex so i just thought it was cool how the the difference is in it so when you like you was like uh, when you said what's queso we were like what do you mean what's queso but now that i know cali mex i totally understand now i get it yep yeah, I, I was surprised that uh california doesn't have a qdoba because that's where like they have queso at and then i know chipotle kind of copied that i don't know if it, did, it didn't do i don't think it did that well but i think you guys have chipotle right yeah we have chipotle pretty much everywhere. They don't have queso? that's the, the ads i get on instagram are chipotle ads with queso but i've never seen queso at chipotle so maybe it's new it is actually they came out with it not too long ago you could buy queso but they had okay. to take it off the menu because people complained that it was it was kind of nasty. It had a had like a grainy grainy texture to it, so yeah. they took it off and kind of redid it and brought it back. But no, Chipotle has normally had queso that you can buy. Hmm. Um, I know we're we passed the hour mark, so before I forget, shout out to our sponsor, Cigar Noise. We're hanging out with Dave West at the trade show. Check out some of our old videos we did on YouTube, Cigar Noise Weekly. Um, 
And yeah, check out everything Dave does with Small Batch on blog posts. Good stuff. Tyler, have you smelt the the air fresheners yet? Oh yeah, they're they're potent. I put one in our break room at work, mm. and uh, somebody stole it. But uh, yeah, it, it's good thing. Marketing. Yeah, it's it smells good. Hey, we gotta do a giveaway or something sometime soon. Because we've had yeah. I don't know if you've seen we've had two people on Instagram reach out to us asking to do like a Richie's like oh hey can I do a trade or something to get one? It's like dude, we'll do a contest. Yeah, we'll, we'll send these out. Yeah, we'll send them out. Um, it's really I mean it's like we did with the stickers. We sent them to a bunch of people too. You know, it's we just got to throw them an envelope with a stamp on it. I don't know how many stamps you need for them. Once they, again, they turned out nice. Once again, if you get one, there's no warning label on it. Please do not put this on your dashboard in your car. It'll melt your car. Yeah. <laughs> I had the warning removed. <laughs> Just keep it hanging like a normal air freshener. Everything will be fine. Or yeah, or if you're not going to hang it right away, keep it in the package. Yeah. Uh, how much were those puppies? Uh, I can check right now. It wasn't too bad. What did we get? 50? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but turned out really nice. It looks like they were only 85. Is that right? It's like a buck 60, buck 50 each-ish. I'm mathed out for today, but yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. Nice. What do you think about the yellow string on them? I try to match it with, uh, I don't know if it was the zigzag lightning bolts or my glasses are yellow. Uh, I was just trying to match with that. I didn't notice. So mm -hmm. maybe it's a good thing. Fair. Oh, and then I have one more kind of off the wall question. What's your uh, favorite Vitola and then your least favorite? Uh, favorite Vitola, that's either Corona Gorda. Least favorite, that's easy too. Gordo, 6x60. Dom? I'm going to say Toro. I'm with the majority of Americans for favorite. I really didn't like Robusto for a long time. I don't know why. I'm going to say that. Yeah, Robusto. My favorite is Robusto. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I know what your favorite is. The Robusto, for sure. I knew yeah. that one. Robusto. And then, uh, I mean, I would say anything bigger than a 60, but um, I never liked um, Figurados just because of the draw. I end up, I mean – it's like uh, when you're like a double perfecto, they never burn fucking right, and it just annoys the fuck out of me. Um, so I'll cut that nipple off until it's flat, you know, and then um, I end up taking it down so it's almost like a regular, um, uh, like almost past the cap, you know, because I like to have a I like to have a wide open draw. But um, yeah, I'm not. But I've been smoking a shitload of perfectos because it seemed like last year everybody came out with one foundation um uh fucking uh tatuaje with that black double perfecto i forgot the the name it's uh, based on a cuban size uh roma um so i i've actually turned the corner on those because i've been smoking those grand perfectos now that they're at the shop and they're really really good but yeah i still don't like torpedoes i'm not a big fan of torpedoes either but uh, going off what Dom said, like if I'm going to try a, a new blend of a new line, mm -hmm. I grab the Toro every time to test the blend. And, and I started doing that because I was lucky enough to be able to go down to Davidoff, the Dominican Republic, and tour, tour the factory and, and the fields. 
And Hickey Kellner said something to us there that I'll never forget. He's like, he always tests a blend in the Toro because the ratio with the wrapper, binder, filler are pretty even. So okay. you get a good feel of everything in a Toro. So ever since then, I start with a Toro and then I'll, I'll branch off and try all the rest of the line. Because every line has a sweet spot size, right? Yeah, Bellagoma. And it could be, right, it could, it could be the Robusto, it could be a Toro, it could be the Torpedo, Bellicoso, Corona, what, you, don't know, you don't know. But when I start my first try of a line, it's always a Toro. What do you think of Churchill's? Or uh, Churchill's and Lanceros? Um, I've always been a pretty, pretty big Lancero fan. Um, I love Churchill's. I do love Churchill's. It, to me, they're just elegant. They're, to me, a Churchill's an elegant cigar. It kind of reminds me of, of old-time cigars. You know, like every time you saw, like, pictures, you know, of, you know, uh, George Burns or Red Auerbach or um, Winston Churchill smoking, they're smoking usually at Churchill, you know, maybe a double Corona if, if they were available when they were smoking or whatever. So to me, it's always been like one of the OG sizes. And I do, and usually they're, you know, it's like a seven by 47. It's a little bit smaller yeah. of a ring gauge. So I, I, I've always enjoyed a Churchill. You just kind of have the time to smoke one. But I love Churchill. And same with Lacero. Lacero's, I enjoy them. But they're either on or they're off. There's nothing in between. There's no in between. They, yeah, they smoke amazing or they're total trash. There's, there's no like, eh. No, it's always one or the other. So I kind of have a love-hate with Lanceros. Like, if I see one, I'm going to grab it and smoke it. But it's got to wow me to go back, you know? Yeah, like the Patina uh, Connecticut. I love that in the Churchill. Um, mm -hmm. And then... Uh, the Artifact. The Artifact. And then the... Uh, <laughs> it's been studying. And then the... Uh, uh, the Weasel Fest, the, that that uh, the BA in that four and a half by sixty. I just smoked another one of those. I I really like that a lot. Yes, I I, I know I said I hate the big ring gauge, but man, dude, those little petite gordos are so good. Yeah, literally every one I've had, it's been amazing. Like I think that's now my new favorite size, definitely on Temperance line, for sure. They're so good. Yeah, I got a – when I move down there, hopefully uh, Havana House still has some. Um, I need to pick up those. I mean, if they still had Black Honeys, they'd probably have those too. Well, Black Honey isn't really and, popular. <laughs> well, no. But it was a fad, and they sold out everywhere. So what I'm saying is I don't think the clientele there – Yeah, no, I know uh, what you're really saying. Yeah. A lot. Because they've had yeah. – when I was there in December, they still had MBS. I bought those. They still they still have Karloff there. Yeah, boxes. Karloff, yeah. And then they have Pudgy Monsters in the bundles of Pudgy Monsters. I shouldn't be saying this because that's my that's my honey hole. Um, yeah, I was about to say, I, I was going to bring up all that too, but then I thought, maybe not. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, we're, Dom, you're going to edit that out. Oh, hey, I'll add this <laughs> though. They didn't have it, but the other location – had the Hamlet and the Salmons, which is my dad's favorite cigar. But I didn't get any because they only had it at the southern location. Mm. They're not really hard to get. I just was throwing that out there. I got to check out the other locations next time. The yeah. amazing find was that Atelier sampler. 
Oh, I should have bought that. It'll be, it'll still be there. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. That's that was weird. I looked. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I could not believe that was sitting there. I was trying to figure out what year it was because you couldn't read the date on it. It's old. It was the first yeah. year they, they they were out until they came out. I might. I don't know. I've been on a buying. For, I gotta. I gotta stop buying. Because I got to get rid of that humidor back there. I'm not bringing that down to Austin. So I want to get rid of all those cigars, or most of those cigars in there. Why not? It'll fit in a U-Haul. I'm not, I'm, I'm going down uh, lean. Um, I'm just filling up my Buick Regal with shit. And then uh, <laughs> buying a bed, buying a pull-out couch for the living room, and then slowly adding shit. That's a smart thing to do. Yeah, because hat rack for your fedoras. Yeah, um, because like, let's say something happens and I don't like it or whatever, or I don't, I miss Milwaukee or whatever. Um, the cool thing is, is I still, I can transfer back to Milwaukee with Southwest after six months. So it's like, um, I'll know more after the six months. I mean, I know I'm gonna like it. Um, Cause it's, it's a, uh, it's a great station at the airport, you know, it's a great airport and, um, you just don't know like what the work, like stuff at Romacraft is going to be great. It's just the stuff at the airport. I might not, you know, it could be completely different than what I'm used to in Milwaukee, or it could be like Denver, which I didn't like at all. Um, when I worked in Denver, so, um, and it's a bigger station. Um, Milwaukee, there's a hundred, uh, people who do what I do and then in Austin there's 150 and then they have 50 flights now we have like 20 um and then we were at 50 pre-covid and then they were they're probably at like 80 pre-covid so you know it, it depends on how I like the the station you know because that's where I'll be spending most of my time you know I'll be working at Roma like 12 to 18 hours a week and then uh Roma, uh, uh, the airport, like 40 to 48 hours a week. So we'll see how that goes. But I'll, I'll probably you like you, it. Let's say if you, you know, if you decide you do know this is like you're going to be here for a while, you can, like you can't come back and get your stuff and move it down a little bit at a time every time. Yeah, because like I, sa- I said before, like the at my house, um, my mom moved into the basement. So she's I'm, the house is still going to – the house I own is still going to be here. Um, so like – um like my smoking room i'm probably gonna move everything to my smoking room and then clear because like i have an upstairs that has so i turned the bedroom into a smoking room and then upstairs has two bedrooms uh a den um an office and a a big bathroom so it's like i don't you know so nice any last topics i'm getting hungry no um it sucks this new schedule you have because I got to work yeah. at 4 a.m. So I got to get up at 3 a.m. It's just through summer school. So we're probably not going to, well, I don't know if we're going to podcast in Vegas. I don't know if I'm going to take my, we're probably not going to have time. We'll just do an after, after one. So I have, including this week, six weeks of summer school. So it'll be over before you know it. Dope. Sweet. Ben, right. thanks for being on. No problem, Appreciate man. Any, anytime. It's always fun. And then uh, we'll see you at uh, PCA, man. Uh, yeah. You're, you're our connection to the media house. 
yeah, yeah. We'll say y'all come on out, you know, after that show. We're just going to be hanging out there. I mean, we got – I mean, I'll text you when we get back to the house. I think we got one dinner with J.C. Newman, and I think we're all getting together one night for a quick dinner somewhere. But then we're basically just going to be at the house all the time. Nice. I mean, because a, a day on after – you know, running around that trade show for man. I'm telling you, you you're fucking tired. You well, just yeah, you'll go be somewhere yeah. and chill. You'll be uh, pretty busy, and then me and him are working the Batina booth, so we're gonna be writing orders and shit. Yep, which, that'll be cool. Yeah, we'll see if Dom survives. I might choke him out. Why? <laughs> I don't know why you think this. Because I wanted to choke you out in Austin. I, I didn't even imagine. hang out with you. I hung out by myself for like eight hours the day of Weasel Fest. Isn't that sad, Ben? He was hanging out by himself. All these new people. Not. Oh, okay. That's it. What? It's over. Is that because you were being a dick to him then? <laughs> Me? I I am an asshole. I need to. I got a lot on my plate. I was letting Tyler live his life, get accustomed to the working life at Roma headquarters. And I was just, I mean, I was in vacation mode. I wasn't yeah. trying to take pictures or videos. Yes. Uh, just sitting Skip back. Skip wanted me enjoy, to enjoy Weasel Fest, but I don't think that memo got passed, passed to uh, Sean, John, Jamie, and Mike because they kept having me do shit. <laughs> and then I was taking care of the, the ashtrays um, in the VIP area of the HQ. So, but. That's for you were working your ass off there, man. All right. towels. Oh, you got that video of me folding towels on the GoPro that Charlie took? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sure do. I was going to make something with that. Yeah, Charlie was quite the uh, videographer. <laughs> yeah, he was that day. All right, guys. Rock and Thank roll. Thank you, Ben. No problem, man. I'll talk to y'all later. All Sounds right, good. Care. All right, bye. Yeah!